Hello and welcome back to the Chris Finch Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be going through the Western Conference Power Rankings and we're doing our own mini-draft of all the different teams. So all that and more, coming up next. James catches, puts up the three. Long go, rebound, box. Back out to Allen, his three-pointer. All right, boys, episode two. How's everyone's day been? Pretty average, to be honest. Popped a yeah. tire today, some roadworks, oh, leaving no, nails yeah. on the road. I'm not happy. Um, straight after this, I'll be writing a very, very nice email to the government. Let Andrews know. Put it in there. <laughs> Put it in the uh, file of emails that he's probably got from the people. He must, have, he must have done it. What about you, boys? Yeah. What's happened? An exam this morning and... Um, I got stuck in the same traffic that you were this afternoon. So days off to a riff of start, but yeah, podcast definitely is a light of the day. So really looking forward to it. Love it. Doe, what's happening? Yeah. No, what, mate, just on that nine to five. <laughs> Grinding. On that nine to five, working hard. I wore, um, it was one of the, there was a kid's birthday party today and I wore the hat into the lunch, birthday hat into the lunchroom, forgot to take it off. And yep. a few people were saying happy birthday to me. And I was just uh, so confused about why. It up, mate. And then I went to yeah, take my mask off to have lunch and I felt the hat there and I was like, oh no, oh, <laughs> like an idiot. I've, I've done <laughs> this too many too. birthdays. <laughs> All right, let's get into That's it. So in. we're going we're gonna to do a power ranking draft of the Western Conference today. So we're going to randomly generate, we'll, we'll just go one after the other, but we're going to randomly generate who goes first. Obviously Definitely. how it works, whichever team you pick at whatever pick is where you think they're going to finish. So if, if I, for some reason, want to pick the Warriors at one, I think they're the best team in the West. But yeah. Can you be we're doing it where we think the standings will finish or where we, like just what we think the best team is for like playoff success and all that. I would say regular season. Standings, all right. Yeah, I reckon. All right, I'll get a list. Randomizer going right now. All right, here we go. She's loading up. All right, the draft order is the first selection of the 3D podcast Western Conference draft board is Matt Sandell's. Uh, on top, first in the West, I'm going to go with the Lake Show. I think if you look at the schedule, they um they have the best schedule in terms of rest rankings in the whole league, so I think the NBA made sure that they're not going to get into the play-in game again this year. Um, <laughs> yeah, so 100%. having a rest-adjusted schedule helps massively, obviously. But then when you look at the team as well, they'll hopefully be healthy this year. With um, unlike last year, they just had in- so many injuries all season. Got someone come back, someone else would go down. Um, I think. Russ, no matter what way you look at it, is even if you don't like him, he's still an upgrade on Schroeder um, yeah. on both ends. Um, LeBron, AD fit really well. Even Mello, he can still still get in a bucket. Um, yeah, what do you guys think? Item at number one as well. Um, I think there's definitely a bounce back year coming. The way that I think of it is like I, I think I've mentioned this in the last pod, but like the year that they won in 2020, they were basically LeBron AD and then a bunch of Wayne Ellingtons around them. And now they've got a few more players that can do a few things like Kendrick Nunn can create a bit for himself. Mello can create a bit for himself and obviously Russ as well. So 
I really like them in terms of their options and how they're built. Yeah, I'm definitely a fan of Lakers getting taken one. And like just for a bit of perspective, like I think it was a year ago yesterday was the day that they won 2020 NBA finals. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, whole NBA season has been within that time. That's a crazy. year ago. So yeah, like, yeah, crazy. like they really haven't had that much rest. Like it's no, it's no confusion as to why AD was starting to get injured a fair bit last season and like why time was saying with the heat, that was pretty sluggish. So, and yeah, like I said, they've just got a bunch of just better role players than what they had in that 2020 team. And no matter which way you look at it with Russ, even though he's had a pretty shaky off season, a uh, preseason, sorry, he's, he's not going to do anything detrimental to the club. I think he still helps in way more than he, way more ways than he doesn't. Yeah, right, so, so he's going to have nine turnovers a game like he did. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a rain, that is. It's, yeah, he does. <laughs> but I reckon LeBron mid-season form would just be pouring his <laughs> pouring back in. All right, next up in the uh, draft order, it's myself. Um, I think it's pretty obvious who we're taking, but Utah Jazz. Hard to think of any other two teams that would be leading the West apart from these two coming off a – what was it adjusted they were supposed to get? Like 60-plus wins last year? 67. 67 um, wins. add on the extra 10 games. Yeah, like – and obviously they haven't made any major changes over the offseason, but got rid of some poorer pieces like Derek Favors and they've got some decent players on board. But, yeah, still just Donovan Mitchell coming into his own. Rudy Gobert still in his prime. Jordan Clarkson still knocking down buckets. Hard to look past other than them. I reckon Rudy Gay is an underrated pickup for them. He'll yeah, be, um, yeah, definitely. Obviously, he played with Mike Conley heaps in uh, Memphis, so they can play together. And uh, like he's won literally nothing in his career. I don't. He's won one playoff series, so um, he'll be dying to get out there and get a dub for him. Yeah, I think um, if you look at their win shares as well last year, favors out of people that actually played for the Jazz have the lowest. So losing him, I don't think really matters. And what Gay gives them is that sort of he can be a stretch five if they need. Because I think the misconception with Gobert as well last year isn't that he can't defend on the perimeter. Is it the Jazz's perimeter defenders like Mitchell and Conley are so bad on the perimeter that they need to have Gobert behind them protecting the ring. Otherwise, they'll get mashed. So when they play those teams that want to go stretch, um, being able to have Gay in the team as well, who can, because Favors can't defend on the perimeter. And there's yeah. going to be games that having Gobert on the floor, if he can't be at the ring, he's not as useful. He can still hang on the perimeter, but he wants to get back to the ring because um, give them that protection Yeah, behind. Yeah. They had a few underrated pickups last year as well. Like they got Eric Bashkow and um, obviously mm. drafted Jared Butler with yeah. a pretty late pick in the draft. So that's uh, pretty solid for them as well because yeah, he's definitely proven that he can be a solid player and make an immediate impact. I saw I saw a stat a few weeks ago about Royce Royce O'Neal. Uh, so underrated. I, I, I love the bloke, but apparently he he defended like the top player on the opposite team for the most minutes out of everyone in the entire league last year, which I think just, is yeah. um, just an interesting stat about the Jazz. We love yeah, Royce here. Pretty good for an undrafted player. That's yeah, for sure. Big bad Royce. All right, Nug, you're next up in the draft. Who you got? Uh, yeah, so as Kret said, I think there's a very big drop-off after the top two teams, but at three, I had the Nuggets. Um, I th- this could have been probably four teams here, but I just think like the system they have is too good, and obviously they have a reigning MVP. You throw Jamal Murray back in when he comes in, but there's probably another step to be taken by Michael Porter. And then um, Monty Morris is probably one of the best backup PGs in the league, so I, I don't think they'll really lose out too much. 
Yeah, I think the um, the Nuggets um be pretty good. There, if you look at um Mike Malone, he that's his name, isn't he? Yeah, so many yeah. Malones around, but yeah, <laughs> he um every year that he's coached the Jazz, uh, not the Jazz, the Nuggets, they've gone over their win total. So like he just succeeds in the regular season. Their team built succeed in the regular season. They have a massive home court advantage. Yeah, with altitude and stuff. Um. And yeah, I think, like I said, I think Jokic will dominate again this year. And Murray will come back at some point. Gordon helps him enormously during yeah. the regular season if he can shoot the ball and maybe he'll help even more. But last yep. year he just lost his shot completely. But they were so injured last year. Barden might be healthy as well. So it gives him yeah, yeah. a spark plug off the bench. They should just be a lot better. Uh, both the green boys off the bench as well. They're very yeah, valuable Jeff role Green players. Is a massive pickup. Yeah. Well, he, yeah, he'll give you twenty five randomly one game. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I've heard this said a lot, but I'm a big believer in the less bad players in your rotation, the more likely you are to win a lot of games. And I think the Nuggets do a very good job of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um... I'm not the biggest Nugget fan, as you guys already know, but <laughs> I do despise the Nuggets, and I'm an avid hater of Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. They're both just... <laughs> He's a big fan of the show, though. Get on my nerves. And there's no one I hate more than um, Campazzo, that little runt. But um, <laughs> um, they definitely do have a great system. <laughs> they have a great system. Like, yeah, like you said, though, that altitude they have in the home court is just, like, it really does make a difference. Like, obviously, we've got nothing like that down here, but... I can't imagine what it's like for players, especially ones from like Arizona and LA and they go up and play in Denver. It's just like, it's a completely different field. And then Jokic is just, just like, there's just no player like him right now in the league. And then like Nug said about Monte Morris as well, he's just, he's great off the bench for them. Um, nothing he does wrong really. So they definitely have a great system. It's understandable why they're going to be pretty up there, like the top five sort of of the West with like without any fail, I reckon. Even before Jamal Murray comes back, like they're still a great run team. They made a good run in the playoffs. So they've proven yeah. that they can be a winning team without him. Yeah, I think they'll be fine regular season. Uh, just be interesting when he comes back, if he's how healthy he is, because he's the difference maker for them in the playoffs. For sure. Yeah. So they definitely need him. Going well. Yep. So next up, Doe again. Uh, so with for I had them at three, but the Suns, I know they're probably due to go down a bit, but they definitely didn't get worse in the offseason. Um, and they were pretty solid last year. And like Booker, he might um, be a little bit fatigued coming off the going to the finals and then going playing 10 USA. But I, yeah, I still don't think they're going to be worse than last year. They weren't surprised as many teams as they did last year, but they were a really, really good team last year with a really, really good coach. Um, yeah. And they're another team with a bit of an advantage with their home court as well. So, um, yeah, they should just be good, I reckon. I'm actually down on the Suns this year. I Like, obviously, I still think they're a top five or six team, but I think when teams have, like, that miracle fairy tale season, they always come crashing back down to earth. And um, I I have just like a slight feeling that the whole Aiden situation is going to get out of hand, and they might end up like I I'm not, I don't think they'll trade him, but clearly they don't want to pay him, which is silly because he could he still could be anything, and um, yeah, I think it, it could like rumble up some things in the locker room. And as you said, like they're not surprising anyone anymore. And who's to say CP3's body is not going to finally shut down on him? 
as well. I like I, I've I've got them at five, so I still think they'll be very good. But yeah, yeah. Do yeah, worry but, a bit about how oh, you go, Kurt. No, I had Phoenix in my three, mostly just because they've got like yeah they they sort of have a similar sort of thing of coming straight off the finals and especially their star player Booker haven't played um, for Team USA, but just players like Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, like Cam Johnson, and then even like Cameron Payne, like in the playoffs, just like they proved invaluable, like just really stepping up and doing things that sort of get a team like over the line in those sort of moments. Like things like the Lakers have been let down because especially not Lakers, but I'd say the Cavs back in when LeBron was there, just like you couldn't take your star player off the court because they yeah. just wouldn't be any good. But like you're seeing more and more, especially the Bucks last year, they're just a team full of like a really solidly built team can can really go the distance. Yeah, I I do worry a bit about they didn't really bring anyone in. Like Landry Shamit's not a marquee signing or anything. No. Um, and they sort of they didn't really lose anyone either. Like Saric went down in the finals. Obviously, he won't play this season. Who um. Yeah. He's like a very capable rotation player to have, especially during the regular season, just to help you on those nights that you need a spark. Um, but yeah, it is a bit of a worry if they do get an injury to a key player, they, their depth might get tested. But because yeah. I think all the teams around them, like we talked about with Denver, even Utah a little bit, like Gay definitely improves them over favors and Whiteside gives them that insurance. The Lakers got better. They all the teams around them probably got better. Whereas the Suns, I think, are banking on like Kurt was saying, Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges and um, Book and Aiden all getting better naturally. Yeah. Um, and I think they kind of like missed it a bit when they had that tenth pick. Like that would have been a great time for them to grab a really yeah. solid role player. And so they took yeah. Jalen Smith and I can't really say him panning out. Like only getting two points a game. Even on year. the roster, he, he watched him in he summer league. Barely played. He played. 27 games like yeah yeah, yeah i just can't see it. like he's not he's, gonna feel like anything yeah exactly he's like 24 or something oh, he's 21 actually is he yeah might be right then might be what about the other jalen smith jaylene there's so many jalen's these days call my son jalen's hopefully he plays in the league Mr. Duncan. <laughs> All right, so next up, um, definitely a bit of Blazer bias coming through here, but I had the Blazers at five. Yeah, I same. do think they'll crack the four. Um, people really understanding, like, we've got some good additions to the bench. I don't think we've signed Dennis Fifth Jr. yet, but I think we will. And I think he's going to sort of play that role that Anthony Simons played for us last year. And Anthony Simons will slide in to be the backup point guard. And even Anthony Simons has shown great improvements. Like, I know FanFest means shit all, but won the FanFest MVP game where Dame and CJ were out and he signed steps up the scoring. So he's got a lot of growing to do. And people forget that he was only like 18 when he got drafted by us. So he's still got a lot left in the tank. And then we obviously signed, you know, Ben McLemore, guys like Patrick Patterson are there as well, Tony Snell, Cody Zeller, Larry Nance, all invaluable people that we can add in. And then managing to draft Greg Brown with, you know, the, what was it? I think it was a 43rd pick in the draft. Yeah. Pretty good. Like, He's not going to come and make an immediate impact, but he's got a lot of upside, kind of like what we had with Nazir Little. So I like the direction they're heading, and I think they'll make an impact during the season. Yeah, I like the Blazers. I had them at four. Uh, just a fun fact about Anthony Simons. He was the worst on-ball defender in the whole league last year. He's terrible. Um, he yeah, doesn't so, pass either. No, he can get buckets, but that's about it. But, yeah, anyway, I think um, Norm Powell is a great third option for a team. And Nurkic, hopefully, if he can keep healthy, he's really underrated in terms of centers in the leagues. Like, just his screening and passing is a lot yeah. better than what you get from most 
that are just like yeah, it's like a big runners. Advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like the Blazers a lot this year. All right, I'm up next at six. I'm gonna. Uh, there's a team I almost took here, but we'll save that for later. But I, um, I'll take the Clippers. Admittedly, not the biggest Clipper fan, but and obviously with Kawhi out, they they could be pretty average. But I just think Tyron Lue is a very underrated coach, and they've got enough good role players around them. They actually drafted very well. Um, I think the kids that they drafted are going to turn out pretty good. Even Brandon Boston, he's been killing it after a, a shocking college year. So, yeah, I, I don't mind the Clippers. I think once once push comes to shove, they'll turn it on. I think I think Eric Bledsoe is an underrated pickup as well. Like he gets clowned all over socials because he can't shoot. And he, like he's a bit small and stuff, but he's a rock solid defender. Like he won't give you what Pat Bev does, but he'll give you twice as much on offense at the same time, which I think is underrated. Yeah, um, I definitely think it's a little bit lower, but I don't. Def- I definitely don't disagree with you there because um, they showed in the playoffs that they don't need Kawhi to be an impactful team. They've got plenty of players on their roster that can sort of step up, take the reins. Paul George, obviously the main one, but then even Terrence Mann showed that he's got a lot in the tank. Luke Kennard, he was showing a lot, and then they still got Marcus Morris, and they lost. Um, what's he called? Um, the dog, Patrick Beverly. Um, yeah. And they got Justice Benzos and Dubak. They got a good team still. Definitely up there. Good signings with like um Nicholas Batumi's really panned out for them. Like most of the thought he's in the twilight of his career and he's kind of shown he's got a bit left in the tank. Imagine to get Brandon Boston Jr. like towards the back end of the draft and he's a talented scorer. They even got Harry Giles from us. So yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing there. And then oh yeah, definitely Reggie Jackson. So they've got they got a good solid core, which will help them throughout the regular season make an impact. Um Definitely a little hard playing in the West with the team like based on core. Actually, a lot of you know a lot of good players out there that can beat you up. But yeah, I definitely don't disagree with them being at sixth. Yeah, I think I'm probably more in Kret's line that I had them a bit lower, mainly because sort of beyond PG, the next best scorer is Reggie Jackson, who we know can can get buckets, but he's struggled pretty much his whole career to stay healthy through the regular season. So I don't think that's going to happen. And also like their second best score on the team is Reggie Jackson, who is, isn't a world beater by any stretch. And I think you look at the talent around that, the mark they're sort of in at the West that they might end up losing a few games that they, um they shouldn't have lost just because they can't score down the stretch. If, because we all know how cold PG can get, he might, he might have a really, might be really hot, might, play to an MVP level, but he also can go really cold. And if he goes missing, I think this team will be in massive trouble. Even though they do have really good like big man depth, they have versatile bigs like Abaka can come on. He can stretch the floor a bit. He's really good protecting the ring. Zubac really good um, rim runner and ring protector. But I definitely do have worries about um, how the Clippers stack up against the other teams in the West. And I also think Kawhi signing the extension means that winning next year isn't as important as it probably would be if he hadn't signed the extension because the fact he's signed the extension means he's going to be there. So they're not sort of all in next year trying to win to make sure that he wants to stay. I think that um, probably plays in a bit. But he did say in his press conference at Media Day that the re- is one of the main reasons he was so keen to sign the extension was so that he would um, feel comfortable trying to come back this season and not have to worry about it ruining his next contract if he came back and hurt himself. So he might get back at some point, but it's also Kawhi. So you never really you never can know, read yeah. too much into what he says. From him. 
But I yeah. think, yeah, I think I like, I don't like the Clippers much, but I'm just backing in their, um, their coaching and their system and just the fact yeah. that like a lot of the teams below them have similar issues. And I just think because they know how to win games and even their role players, they're just like a bit more um, experienced. I just think that might carry them through well. Like I, I at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished 12. From here on, it gets real shaky for me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, up next, I've got uh, – I don't think either of you would agree with this, but I have the Warriors next. Um, I Fair think – At least on the bad. I do think that even though, um, like, Nug was giving Bailey to some absolute slander a couple <laughs> of days ago, I think – he's a big fan of the show, but I think um, – I think <laughs> this Bailey is every weekend. Is just perfect for the Warriors. He actually looks a little bit um, slimmer as well. Him and Otto Porter. Otto Porter couldn't be hard. Otto Porter shooting like forty-one percent over his career from three, so he can definitely shoot the ball. Um, I think they're absolutely perfect fit to this team. I think they definitely got better from last year. I think Cali Ubre is a waste of space on the court. He just might score twenty points, but he doesn't play within the flow of the offense, which is I think Wiggins. I will be surprised if he stood out at the end of the season. He's their offense, and I watched two of their preseason games, and it looks so much more disjointed with him because he'll just run on, try and cook someone in isolation, score mid range. When the rest of the offense, Steph and Draymond having the keys, flows so much better. I think Paul is he could could take the next step this year to go. To, well, it'd be a next step from not impacting games to impacting games. But I think he can definitely do that. I think if Clay can come back and be something resembling his former self, that helps well. Steph be motivated as ever. Kerr is still a really good coach. I don't think they're going to get much out of Kaminga this year. Moody looks like he might be all right. But I think that they've got enough pieces there that I definitely think... Like last year, they finished eighth and lost. They went out in the play-in, obviously. But I think they're better, a better team than they were last year. Sure. Um, Improvements, so I think they'll be. I think seventh. I think that's what we're up to. I think that's a pretty good spot for them. Probably yeah. I had them a little bit higher, to be honest. I had them fifth, but yeah, yeah, I had them around playing range as well. Uh, the good thing I like about the Warriors, they got a lot of players that have like sort of bought in. They got like a good culture, obviously, because they had this years of winning. I managed to get Jordan yeah. Bell back and Andre Iguodala, who like they're good role players for a team, but they're both just like really like into that sort of. That mentality of the team. I picked up Avery Bradley as well, which would be really good for the bench. Mm. But even players like um like like yeah, like you said, I don't really know what Kaminga's role is going to be. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of gets moved along somewhere before his value starts to tank or something, or if they sort of just work on him as a sort of a project thing. Yeah, but, I think he might be like a red shirt. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel like Moody could definitely cut himself a good role out there on the bench and. Um, same with James Wiseman, he's still there, still there as well. He's got a lot of growing to go. But yeah, Otto Porter, great shooter next to Steph. Like, you're only going to get better with a player like Steph on the court, too. And yeah, I like the direction they're going. Draymond Green would sort of be like back to, I cannot say he's not useless, but like without like good players around him, he's not as good as what he could be. Yeah. So I feel like he's definitely one of those players that builds off other people being around him. And once they get Clay back, yeah, it might take a bit of a while for him to find his form. But it's clear he's proved me wrong plenty of times on what he can do. So I wouldn't doubt it if they sort of find their way to easily sneak past the plane. Yeah, no, I actually do like the Warriors. I've been a bit more up on them recently. Um, I think 
like Wiseman obviously had a year from hell in his year of college and then was like rushed into the NBA, had some injury problems. But like I heard this story, apparently he's at, at uh, practice practicing with Draymond Green and he is like yelling at Draymond. And I, I don't know too many blokes that would be ballsy enough to do that. So I think there's a good chance they'll get a, a like a little leap out of him this year. I don't know how big it'll be. But um, I think Wiggins also took some big strides last year. Like before last year, don't get me wrong, he's got plenty of flaws still. But before last year, he was literally a zero on defense and all he could do was occasionally make yeah. a shot. But now he's like, he moves the ball a little bit better. He's a bit more efficient and he's become like a fairly good defender. Like he can contribute to team defense, which I think goes a long way. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone at the end of the year. I, I do I do like them a bit. I had them at eight, so pretty similar spot. Yeah, like he got a vote for all defense last year. Wins. Yeah, he was he's definitely he's getting, I think he averaged just sort of a block a game. So yeah. He's definitely and he's a great perimeter defender as well, which yeah. is definitely handy in today's NBA. Yeah, for sure. Right, so next up, that was me. Um, for this one, I wanted to take the herald of the podcast, the Timberwolves, <laughs> Chris Finch's finest. Um, I just think, yeah, obviously they're going to take a lot of strides as a team. I do think they will definitely be a playing range team, but you know, keep their lineup together, less injuries they could. They, they could definitely avoid it. They've picked up some great players like um, Tareem Prince and Patrick Beverly. So it's it's nice to have sort of aspects of aspects like, athletes like that coming off your bench. Um, yeah, no, I'm just a fan of where they're sitting. What do you think? I reckon, obviously, we love the Wolves. Um, they listen religiously, but um, I just think, like, they've, they're very versatile. Obviously, Nas Reid is, like, the perfect backup center, but then you've got Mick Daniels, Vanderbilt, Tory and Prince, who can all play, like, any position on the wing guard, basically any position on the floor. And you can put them around D'Lo and Edwards. Like, Edwards has looked much better on defense, but obviously D'Lo is a bit of a black hole. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I love the Wolves. I think that they're way deeper than they come off. And just, like, Chris Finch, we love Chris Finch, but he's gotten them playing hard again. Like, you see D'Lo, even at the Warriors, like, he couldn't care less. He was just popping threes, Archer ball sort of stuff. But now, like, him, Anthony Edwards, Kat, they, they're all playing hard and they're playing together. And I think that goes a long way, especially when you have as much talent as they do. Yeah, we're going to have to get... Mr. Finch on the show. Yeah, yeah. first guess. I'm sure his inbox is pretty empty. But he's probably listening at the moment, so yeah. Yeah. Um, just send us a message, Chris. I've heard but, the whole Ross is a big fan of the show. He's actually yeah. on live. Well, they um yeah, they listen to us on the plane. But yeah, they're um I don't know. I think we sort of said everything we wanted to say about the wolves. I I I don't know. I think playing I probably had the king uh going ahead, but um there's a couple of teams that I think they're going to be like a really borderline with, um, but I do think they've definitely got the capability to take the jump. They're like the guys that have come off the bench, like you guys said. Like even Torian Prince, when watching him uh, fairly closely when he was at the Cavs last year, obviously he still does. Like he has his flaws, but I think on a good team he will be a solid three and D wing. Um, and yeah, Bev is he's like a winner. He'll come off. He can help like, protect some of. Um, Delo's floors in the backcourt for fill up some minutes there, and yeah, I think they're just going to be like a very pesky team. They're going to be really hard offense to slow down. They can attack you from 
like three levels really, really well. So, yeah, I think they're going to be good. That's what I like a lot about them. They've just sort of like up their roster with some dogs as well. Like they've got Patrick Beverly and then even Jordan McLaughlin, like undrafted guard. Like Mm. he plays with a lot of heart and like that's something a team like that that's sort of pettering around that sort of playing level. Like it really all just comes down to mentality and heart to sort of like keep pushing over that edge. And like we said in the earlier episode, Cat would definitely be just, I reckon he's taking the next step. D'Lo healthy and then you've got younger players like um, Vanderbilt and Naz Reed, which will also be just making big strides. I really like um, Malik Beasley as well. I think he's quite underrated. He's like a very efficient scorer and like I don't know if he's going to start, but if they have him as a six-man role, he could he could sniff like the 16, 17 points if they make a leap. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some noise for the six-man of the year award. I'm not saying he'll win it, but yeah, I, just, I, I like his talent. I had him in my mind league. He was invaluable for the Seattle Supersonics. Yeah, no, he's he's pretty good. <laughs> All right, at nine, um, regrettably, I'm taking the Mavs. Okay, I'm not going to speak to them for too long because I have a personal vendetta against <laughs> Dallas. Um, but yeah, anyway, obviously, Luca is Luca. He's a ball hog, but he's good. Um, if they get a good version of KP, um then they could obviously finish much higher. And I think their role players are really, really good. Like Dorian Finney-Smith is one of the better 3 and D players in the league. Um, I, I did see a stat about in preseason. Um, last year, they were like 28th in the league for shot attempts at the rim. And in the preseason, they jumped up to like 6th or something. I can't remember exactly. Okay. But I think that'll be um, a huge step for them because obviously they've got a lot of streaky shoot- shooters. So if they can just get a few more easy buckets... Um, they definitely could finish higher than this. Yeah. They're, I think their defense definitely needs to improve. Um, and that's their probably their biggest. Apart from not having, apart from Brunson, really another ball handler for Doncic, I think their defense is horrible. And that even last year, they tried to fix it, trading Seth, who was who's a gun, um, for Richardson, who was terrible. And yeah, I I do worry about their defense still. I'm not sure unless maybe the scheme starts to change. I don't know if they would take many strides on that end. Yeah, there's one thing I like about the Mavs, and there's not a lot of things I like about it, but um, it's their depth. They got some good depth, like in Trey Burke, and then they got Tim Hardaway Jr. and um, Jalen Brunson, like good guards, and Richard Bullock as well. Just like good sort of role players that can help you get to those spots like in the playoffs and then obviously having players like Luca it's just yeah like he's he's a ball hog but he's definitely a great player hit some big shots um and then yeah you kind of got to be lucky with Chris Ash being healthy and being a good player but yeah like the issue is they are sort of a black hole in defense like they really call Stein hasn't really panned out that well and obviously um Dwight Powell went down with injury last year which didn't really help him but like him and also um, Dorian Finney-Smith, just great defenders for that team, which can which can help, but obviously it's not going to, you know, cover the holes that sort of Chris Dabbs and Luca are leaving. So, yeah, yeah, just a quick Josh Green shout out. I know you're listening. Yeah, um, we love big you, fan. big yeah. big fan. Big love your love your hustle, love your Insta games <laughs> as well. So, yeah, proud Aussie. Am I am I next? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I with the next one, so. Ooh, starting to get in some teams that I don't want to have any lower, but um, I honestly reckon the Kings are going to be really good next year. So love yeah. it. Are we up to ten? Yeah, ten. Yeah. So yeah, there's a few teams that are going to get really low down, but 
I um yeah, I really like the Kings. I think they've improved on last year. I'm still not ready to completely give up on Walton as a coach, even though I think that they need to play faster than they do with the team they have. But I think like Fox is he's one of my favorites and most improved. I think he can I honestly think he can bump up to be 28, 29 a game. I think Halliburton is a big chance for six man of the year coming off the bench. Um, if Heald can get his shot back, Barnes is just a pro. He he's just a bucket getter when they need. He'll get if they, they need to get twenty five, he get twenty five. If he he plays in the flow of the offense perfectly, he might have thirteen points in the game, but he'll still find ways to impact it. I think big question re-signing Holmes as well is really useful for them. Good as deal. Um, they got him really cheap for how yeah. many years. Just um, if they can get and if, any sort of number two pick production out of Bagley is the big question for them, I reckon. If he can sort of improve a bit, he can really upgrade the ceiling of the team. And having Mitchell as well, like that sort of their backcourt is really like probably the best, one of the best young backcourts in the league, if not the best, to be honest. Yeah. I love the Kings. Uh, they're probably just below the Wolves in in terms of darlings for me. Um yeah. I did see a stat about Fox in the last couple months of last year. Actually, I think it might have been the whole season. He had like the most efficient um, finishing season for a guard ever. And like that's unreal for someone so young because normally like you don't get as good as finishing efficiently until you get into your 27, 28, you're strong and stuff. So he's only going to get better and the shot keeps getting Mm. better. Um, Halliburton, I think he could be like, one of the best, like, second or third options in the league once he fills out. He's just, like, so efficient, doesn't make mistakes, which is invaluable um, for the Kings. I think the key to their season, obviously, they've all got to play hard and that sort of thing, but, like, get Marvin Bagley out of there. He doesn't want to be there. Trade him for whatever you can. Reset with whatever else you have, and you'll be good to go, I think. I had him at 10 as well. Um, For me, I'm not as high on the Kings that. A little bit lower for me. I do like some of the off-season moves they made, but I mean, the glaring issue for me is obviously their defense. Like they had the worst defense in the league last year, and it wasn't just the worst defense in the league. Like they were one point two more points per hundred possessions worse than the 29th ranked Blazers. So, and we have a shit defense at least last year. So, yeah. like obviously getting players like Davion Mitchell would be great for leading that and resigning Rashawn Holmes and even like Terrence Davis they got in the off-season. Like that is I really good for like them. Him. Yeah, undervalued. Yeah, so it's, it's good for them when they're taking a step in the right direction. And even Tristan Thompson, of course, but I just don't know if they're up to that yet. I think they'll still struggle to make the play in, to be honest. What do we reckon they would get for Bagley? If they can? It depends who they went to. Like, like, like a, obviously... Like in terms of players and picks, like what sort of level? Mm, I reckon you wouldn't get any more than like a rotational sort of player. I think you'd struggle to get yeah. a starter. Yeah, because the teams that want him don't have good enough players to start on the Kings, to be honest. Like, if you send him to OKC, you might get like Mike Muscala and two firsts or something. Yeah, he's worth a couple, like a lottery pick, maybe. Yeah, I think you just cash him in for a pick at this point because yeah. it's like he could still be anything. He's the, he's got such high potential, but if his dad is coming out and saying that he doesn't want to be there and he wants him moved, like you just don't need that in the locker yeah. room. And he's made of glass as well, which is yeah. Yeah, all right. Is, who's next? Is it me? Yeah, you're up. It was. Um, okay, so this is who I'm going to take um, before Doe. Oh, no. 
yeah, before Nugs the end with the Kings or Doe. So um I was gonna say the Grizz. I thought mm. the Grizz. Um I don't know if they're ready just yet. They do still look pretty raw as a team. But Jamaran, he's the front runner in my opinion for um most improved player of the year. And I think Brandon Clark's only going to keep taking strides. Same with Jaron Jackson Jr. if he gets a healthy season out. Dylan Brooks showed throughout the playoffs that he was he was really good. Like he can step up and be that second scorer on the team. And then obviously signing Stephen Adams would just be great for a team like that. So I do like the direction they're heading. And now that we're buzzing around the sort of um, just missing the playoff play in range, I do think that they sit right in there. They could even sit for the playoffs if they have a good year. I think um, with the Grizz, I, I like where they're headed, but I think with their off-season moves, they sort of acknowledge that they're not like the play-in was a good experience last year, but they're not really aiming for that yet. They sort of just want to let the young boys grow into what they're going to be um, with getting Jared Culver and stuff and and Steve Adams and stuff, who is clearly a, a downgrade from Valanciunas. Mm. Um, like they took on a bit of money and stuff, which is fine, but I think they're just like sort of taking a back seat and even who they drafted Zaya Williams, didn't they? Yeah, they got yeah, him from New Orleans. Yeah, he's a he's a big um, project as well. So I think they still think they're a couple years away. Um, so like obviously they have a bunch of players that play hard and they're always going to compete and they're like deep as. But I just think that there's no like like the Kings if they don't win they might get kicked out of the the league. So they um <laughs> I think that's that's the only reason why the Kings are um above the Grizz for me. I really like D'Anthony Melton as well. I think he's going to break out this year. Yeah, I, I'm actually really worried about Brandon Clark. Um, I think he came out of the box in his rookie year and he sort of surprised everyone as the like vertical lob threat. But his um production last season just went like down on his rookie year and that shouldn't happen because he was given more opportunity. Um, so like even looking at his per 36 numbers in points, rebounds, assists, and I think block, I mean, blocks is the same. Um, they all were worse last year, which is fairly concerning. Um, mm. Even though, like, it, probably because he had the biggest sample size because he played more minutes, um, I'm definitely worried about him. I think he probably he needs to show a bit this year, and he hasn't been doing much in preseason either. So, uh, quite concerned about him. Um, I really like Desmond Bain. Like, shot 43% from three as a rookie. That's something you don't forget how to do. So he is really good. I think I really would like to see him. I think Melton will start because Brooks like broke, broke his finger recently or something yeah. or his he's wrist or something. Yeah. So he's out for a few weeks. But I'd love to see Melton come off the bench as a spark plug and Baines plug into that 2-3 role with um, Brooks in the starting lineup because I think he's just perfect to have in there around Jar to sh- Shoot the ball. He's a solid defender. He can also um, take it off the dribble if he has to as well. So yeah. he's a well-rounded player. But yeah, I sort of agree with Nug um, in that I think they've got like a fair few pieces there, but a lot of them like I don't think Cole is going to be anything. Clark, like I'm worried about. Zay Williams is a project. So the and even Jaron Jackson, like it needs to stay on the court and be more consistently has been like apart from Jar. I don't know if they have another blue chip piece there, which yeah. is a yeah. bit of a worry. Um, to be honest. Yeah, well, something about the Grizz as well, like they're very, in terms of experience, like Stephen Adams has the most like years in the league on that team with eight. And then it's Slomo Anderson with seven. So they're definitely a very young team and it's it's understandable that they won't have like, they'll be sort of content with 
just chipping into the play, and they're not going to be one of those teams that have that sort of pedigree to get yeah. far I think they'd the love playoffs. to love to get another top ten pick and um, yeah, have yeah. a competitive year, develop everyone, and then get a bit lucky in the lottery and end up picking higher than they should. I think that's perfect for them. Yeah, they're just a team full of prospects as well. Like Chris Dunn and Jared Culver found themselves on that team. And I do feel like it's over for Chris Dunn. I don't, I don't think he's coming up to that potential. But Jared Colvo, you know, it's still a little bit there to see. Like Minnesota just might not have been the move for him, but hopefully I think, he can ignite I think, himself in Memphis. Yeah, I think with Culver, what happened was, like, after he got drafted, there was a bunch of hype and stuff, and he was expected to be something special. But I'm pretty sure after that, the ownership changed or the management changed. And when that happens with a rookie, especially when it's not in, like, an established sort of culture and team it can like change obviously what everyone thinks of him what opportunities they get and I th- like from the outside looking in he seems like a confidence player and if you can get some confidence he might turn into something but I definitely don't like I wouldn't bet on it yeah um I'm next with 12 this one was kind of hard for me I reckon the next four are just they're pretty average but anyway I'll take the Pelicans um I actually really like their team and um, I think they could have been higher if Zion could stay healthy for two minutes because um, he, at the moment, he can't even run. Um, yeah, I'm worried about him. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he could be like, I don't want to say it, but I have a feeling he could be like the next Brandon Roy sort of story. Um, he just, he gets so unlucky and putting that much force through um his legs and stuff, it's it's just going to be hard for him to stay healthy. But I think Ingram is always getting better. He's like, he's very underrated as a playmaker and I really like him. I like Graham as well. He's a good shooter around Zion. And Valanciunas is like, he's so underrated. He's rock solid. He monsters on the glass and he's pretty good offensively compared to Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe. People say that... Um, they had a pretty average offseason, but I actually think it was a step in the right dis- direction, even if it's an average season this year. You got anything to correct? Um, yeah, with the Powers, that was definitely that was a spot for me um, with them. I do like some of the additions they made, and even the coaching change, getting Willie Green over from Phoenix. Like, I'm not a big Van Gundy fan, any of them. And um, yeah, I think that's definitely a scenery change they need. I feel like players like Alexander Walker. He's got a lot that he can show this year, especially with his sort of role opening up after some big departures. Like, And then also like Kira Lewis Jr. He didn't show too much last year. And then they've brought our homie from the Cindy Kings, Didi Lozada, over. So he'll be getting some good runs with them, which we love to see. And um, even Trey Murphy, like as we were talking about in the previous episode, just making some good moves in the um, preseason showing that he can be like he doesn't need to be a big ball handler but he can come to the court and hit down big shots that players are getting to him so I do like the direction they are but yeah health is a big concern for Zion and at the moment they just don't have the makings of a playoff team yeah big shout out to DD big fan of the show yeah. um but yeah. last week said he loved it yeah I he's a good boy um no I I actually really don't like Devonte Graham I think he's very inefficient um and sort of will just run up the court and shoot three when he feels like it he may as well not be there on defense he's a stick he's a, actually a okay passer but he can't penetrate because he's so small and he has no craftiness to finish around the ring so effectively all he can do is run up the court 
Jack a three that he's probably going to miss, and then his passing isn't that great either. So I'm not that. Uh, no, sorry, his passing is okay, but he's not going to get to the cup. Um, and yeah, a little bit concerned about. I think he definitely gives them worse um, output than Lonzo did. Yeah. At point. Um, and yeah, they're like they're okay. They have nice depth. Like Josh Hart. Be interesting to see what um, Alexander Walker does this year, but. Yeah, not super high in the powers, especially without Zion. I think it's, you could guarantee me that Zion is going to play 75 games and be healthy. I would probably have them up a couple of spots, but if he's not out there, this team starts to look really, really yeah. average. Just showing themselves. Especially in the West. like yeah. So competitive. And, One thing yeah. about Gray, though, I do feel like even though he's passing, he's just never been something that he had to rely on in Charlotte. And especially once Mellow Ball came, that sort of role just fell to him to be the playmaker of the team. I feel like yeah. he's sort of him and Alexander Walker will kind of fill Lonzo's shoes a bit and be those playmakers. And Graham will sort of just have to find himself being a playmaker because he's not going to be that guy coming down taking shots when he's got Brandon Ingram on the court with him as well. So, yeah, true. yeah, I think if he can like sort of obviously delegate to more of like a catch and shoot, get everyone their shots sort of point guard and less like I'm running the show. Yeah. Um, Devontae Graham, Stocky guys are buying it. All right. So, uh, are we talking? About, um, moving on. Uh, At 13. I, to 13? Yeah, 13. Yeah. I have the um, Spurs in this spot just because I think the two teams below them um, are really, really, really bad. And I don't think the Spurs are that bad. Um, and I do think the Spurs will be all right. Big shout out to Jock uh, signing his center. Hopefully, he gets some minutes. Now you're listening, mate. So, yeah, we'll see uh, you on an best episode in a few weeks, Jock. Yeah, so I think he be all right. I think Lonnie Walker took some really good strides last year, started to look a lot more comfortable handling the ball. Uh, Dezon, Dezon Murray, um, yep. is yeah, he could be like at his best, he could be all defense, um, NBA. Safe enough offensively. I think he fits into the Spurs sort of mold pretty well. Uh, hopefully, they start shooting a few more threes this year and move their offense into the 21st century. But overall, I don't think there's a whole lot to get excited about with the Spurs. I really like Vassell. I wish the Cavs had taken him instead of the core. But um, yeah, I don't know. Nothing to get too excited about with the Spurs. I think that the teams above them are just better. And I don't think they're going to be that good. Losing Patty. Um, off the bench definitely hurts and like Derek White needs to take on a bigger role which he has shown that he isn't able to do for extended periods of time so definitely worried about the Spurs this year yeah um, uh, like the only thing that has the Spurs off the bottom for me is just that Pop is their coach and that they obviously like I don't think they're a franchise that would tank whereas the ones below them if they lose 10 games they'll tank so, yeah, that, all I can say, like, I think they're probably the most boring team in the league this year. They've got some good young talent and they're probably deeper than the teams below them. But, yeah, not too much on the Spurs, really. Yeah, I mean, like Doe said, there's really not a lot to look forward to this year with the Spurs aside from us Aussies watching Jock. But I do, like, one thing I like about the Spurs over the teams below them is they have a lot of prospects and projects kind of on the go, like Calvin Johnson, um, DeJounte Murray, like Devin Vassell. Lonnie Walker, Derek White, like plenty of young players that have a lot they can give. But 
yeah, in terms of making an impact this year, I just really don't see it. Like, they're two major veterans, Alfred Camino and Thaddeus Young, like probably two of the worst major veterans you can have in your team. So, yeah, it's just not looking good for me. This is definitely going to be an off year for them, but I do feel like they're not going to take the foot off and they'll keep trying um, just because of um, Poppy's not going to let that happen. And even them getting Zach Collins, obviously from us, sort of stings a little because I did think he has a lot to give still. But if he can stay healthy, you can make some good moves to them, along with Bryn Forbes coming back. Um, yeah, I think they've got like a decent horizon coming on, but it's definitely still a few years until they're back in the playoffs, I think. Josh Primo looks pretty good as well for a young boy. Yeah. I reckon yeah. he's, he's got Very plenty. Raw. We want Primo. <laughs> he's, um, yeah, he's good. Clean up. That's what he says. Um, who's oh, up <laughs> there you go. More yeah. you know. Right, I think it's for me, it's always going to be Primo, especially when he shoots a three. He should play oh, yeah, in the yeah, arena. Yeah, we want Primo. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I'm not next. So as Doe said before, it's um, all the teams from above daylight and then these two teams. And the one that isn't the shittest a lot is Houston. Um, definitely a lot more talent on their roster than what the Thunder do. Um, I liked that they had one of the best drafts um, out of all the teams. Yeah. Imagine to get Christopher where he was and then Sangoon and obviously Jalen Green. It's just, I think that's great for a team like that. Like all like really young players that don't need to be good this year, but they sort of just have that growing room and like they can make their mistakes on a shitty team and sort of, yeah, just just build off and become the players that they are sort of quicker instead of, you know, like great players. Like there can be great players like Cam Thomas, but he's sort of just thrown into an environment where he's, they're like thinking about winning straight away. So it's, it's a lot different approach. And that, that sort of helps players like Kevin Porter Jr. who can sort of find his footing properly and yeah, like, I do like the direction they can go, but just this year is not going to be a year for them. I think with the Rockets, their worst will be worse than any team in the league. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose, like, a game of multiple games by 40-plus. Because with, with when Green and Porter are your best two options in terms of offense, like, collectively, they could have games where they shoot 15 of 60. Um, but, yeah, I think they're... Their bottom end of the roster is much better than um, OKC, which is why I have them above them. Yeah, I'm definitely very low on the Rockets. I uh, would be their win total the last time I saw it was like 27, which is just nuts. I don't think they'll win 20 games. Yeah. Um, I think I do like, don't get me wrong, I like that their young core. I think KPJ is, it was definitely worth taking a flyer on for what they got. They've pretty much got him for nothing because. That second round pick, it was like top 55 protected. So that is never going to not happen with the Jazz. Um, this was a Jazz pick. So I think, yeah, he is definitely, definitely could be something. He didn't actually contribute that much to winning last year. He had some really nice games, still has big flaws in his game, isn't very efficient and defensively has a ways, ways to go. But I think he's really nice. I think Jalen Green's really nice. Tice, the Tice signing was just sort of weird signing him to four years on relatively like decent money, um, which isn't a super friendly tradable contract, which is what I thought they would have done when they've already got Wood there and then they drafted um, Usman and Alpi um, to have that center. Like maybe Tice takes a bit of the pressure off them having to come in and compete straight away, but they're going to lose anyway. So I think. That those guys, I think, especially looking at Alpi, like I think he would love being thrown into a big role um, and really develop in that. So yeah, Tyus doesn't make a lot of sense. I it would be interesting to see what they get 
um, if John Wall eventually gets traded, which I think will um, happen. But, yeah, I don't think the Rockets, there's not much to get excited about this year anyway. Just hope that you see some improvement and lose a lot of games and get a good pick. Yep. Um, uh, obviously, last we've got OKC. Um, now, I think they actually probably have more talent then the Rockets, the Spurs, maybe not the Pelicans, but like Shea is really good. Dort looks like he's taking another step. Um, Giddy is obviously underrated. We love Giddy because he's an Aussie and he's just unreal. Um, his TikTok sucks though. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I do like OKC. I just don't like the organization because of the way they are run. And I think that if you have 20 draft picks in 20 years, I just can't see how they're going to be good unless they trade them all for a star. But, yeah. yeah. Definitely the Rockets, I feel like they're just well aware of the fact that they're going to be shit for a few years. And it's sort of showing with the sort of the roster that they've built, just they have two players that have played over five years in the league. So they're really just sort of gearing up to develop a lot of prospects, see where they go. And it's good for young prospects like Shea, like he gets a little bigger room. Mm-hmm. And the same with players like Giddy, Trey Mann, and even Poku. Like, it's nice for them to sort of have a team like that, but it's just not a team that anyone's going to take seriously this year. Like, no one's going to be scared of playing um, the Thunder, even at OKC. I can't see them winning any big games against the teams unless it's towards the very end of the season. And I think they'll just go well below, like, 23 wins. They're not looking great at all. The games that, um, like, obviously Shea got shut down um, after he hurt himself last year, but the games when they had him and Lou Dort, and um, when Horford was playing before he got shut down, they were very competitive. And, like, to me, it just showed that, like, their core group is, like, it could develop into something pretty good, but the organisation just doesn't let them play, which is why I'm not very high on them. Yeah, I think they're going to struggle to get to this pretty big take, but I, don't, I think they're going to struggle to win 10 games this year, to be honest. They're so committed to tanking that, like Nogby was saying last year, when they had that group playing, they just pretty much they put Horford onto the chill list, like not injured just or anything, just straight up not playing because he was helping them win, um, which they clearly have no interest in doing at the moment. They want to go back to the draft, get another high range of picks. So when they're not, the organization's not motivated to win, I don't think they're going to be very good. And then also their starting roster is nice, but I, it's oh, not really nice, but like they're all, they fit in well. I think Giddy fits really well with SGA and Dort um, in that backcourt. They're, like, really big and long, but I think if, unless SGA was, like, a top 20 player in the league this year, I don't think they would even – they'll even win 20 games. Um, like, Baisley is taking strides, but they're all sort of – you take out of the players out of OKC, and I reckon SGA is probably the only starter that would start on every team in the league. The rest of them, I don't think, would, so – yeah, even yeah. last year, like the Thunder were um, six and thirty-one in games that they didn't have um, SGA, so he's definitely yeah. that the brightest light on the team. And I do like some of the drive, like the getting giddy and stuff like that. Is, is great for the team. They do have a lot of young projects on the go, and like last year, like sixty percent of their minutes came from rookies, which was the highest in the league by eighteen percent. Like Minnesota was second with forty-two. So. Youth movement's definitely on the way with the Thunder and with the youth movement, you can't really expect them to be cracking anything but the bottom of the West. Yeah. Yep. There we go. All right, that was the um, power rankings. Now, before we get out of your ears, I have got 
a nugs nugget for you guys. So hey. this is the this is the first time we'll be doing it, but basically, um, it's not it's obviously not just my choice. We all talk about this stuff all the time, but um, it's like a a betting market we might like or a hot take, just something that you might not have thought about, something to take home with you after yep. the elite episodes that we provide. Um, tell your friends and they'll get around you. Yep. Um, so what it was, you, you know we love the Wolves. We love Chrissy Finch, right? I, I could talk. I could have a whole podcast about the Wolves. <laughs> now, there's a ridiculous price on sports, but I don't know what they're paying on other other bookie sites, but they're paying $3 to make the play-in. I, I honestly think the play-in is their floor. Like, I didn't say it earlier, but I had them ranked at 7. That's probably a bit high. I'm very high on them, but I can't see them going below 10. And I think at $3, that's more than enough value to to have a crack at it. What do you boys think? Yeah, I, I do like, like that, actually, 3 bucks, And, you know, injuries was only really the major concern I had for the Wolves this year. If they ever stay healthy... Their starting lineup only managed to play like less than five games together last season. So if they're all healthy, they're, I reckon they're almost a guarantee to make the play in. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Nugs, nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Get on it. Don't shoot me if it got, if it loses. Not my problem. Yeah. Game uh, responsibly. Gun to the head. <laughs> <laughs> Message the page. Get around us on the socials. 3D podcast. You can find us on Twitter and yep. Instagram. Pretty active on there, so the yeah, we post a lot of bad slander. Yep, yep. All right, so that about wraps up the second episode. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys.